Ladies and gentlemen, hi there. This is Tav and Alan, host of Comedy Above the Pub. This cat beat you me. The pub is fake. The guests are real, virtual, but real. Firstly, I have with me my producer, as always, Darcy Finder. How are you? Hey, Todd. I'm great. Nice. Uh, we have with us return guest from uh, a couple seasons ago. We recorded around this time. Uh, the ever funny, the uh, media darling, wonderfully vivacious and bodacious, the Blaine Capatch of our world, Mr. Blaine Capatch. How are you? Hey, hi. What's up, you guys? Yeah. I didn't hear you come in. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's always... Nice fine parking okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was great. Thanks. Fantastic. Just, good, good. Uh, you, do you validate? I can't remember. Um, uh, talk to Marsha on the way out. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, always a, a great chat with you. Uh, so much uh, great, great, great storying on sort of like where you've been, sort of like uh, Mad TV at midnight. We uh, we talk about the work that you put into one of the funniest Twitter threads, I would say, ever. Um, we talk about working with comedy greats. Um, what else, Blaine? What are we, what else do we talk about here? Uh, well, I just restored a uh, a frame off restoration of a 1968 Corvette L88, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we walk uh, through some slides I took. That's right. Yes, and uh, and then we're going to discuss my extension. Uh, sorry, my extensive collection mm-hmm. of tropical snakes, mm-hmm. starting with my <laughs> emerald tree boa. Nice. Where are you? Yeah. Where are you? Where are you? Uh oh. He's in, he's in here somewhere. <laughs> Close the I door, get him away from the baby. I taped up all the holes months okay. ago. Nice. <laughs> um, and uh, snaking tape. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as he, as as Blaine is known in some in some circles, Blaine Capacha Pacha 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 Pacha. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, be, take it easy. You're going to give me a heart attack. Ak, 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 ak. <laughs> you ought to know by now. Yes. Oh. Oh. All this and more Billy Joel tunes coming up on the next, uh, the next write up, uh, write up, Jesus Christ, uh, the next comedy above the pub. Um, if you want to watch the video, go to our Patreon, three bucks, sign up, patreon.com slash CAPT podcast. All right, here he is. Uh, without further ado, enough of my rambling. Here's Darcy, here's Blaine, here's me, and here's the music that starts the whole damn thing. I'm 56. I was born in 65. And mm-hmm. back in the, there was a time in, in the States when truly tasteless jokes and the official Polish joke yes. book and stuff, they were on the bestseller list yes. for years. <laughs> yes. Kids would have them in school. And right. it's like they were insanely offensive. Uh huh. I mean, you could, I mean, if you had one, if you took one to work, you'd get HR'd, I'm sure. 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 But like, even as a kid, like you're reading through these things and you're laughing and laughing. And then everyone is kind of silent and goes, I don't know the numerical significance of 69 either. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there was, ooh, there's the dirty ones. Yeah. But even they were like really, they were horrible. Mm -hmm. Everything across the board, bad. And everybody was, it was like smoking asbestos. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) It's not going to bother the kids to have, you know, the official. A uh, 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 Jewish American princess joke book mm-hmm. on a rack next to some, you know, next to a uh, catcher in the rye or whatever. That's right. not gonna end badly. The the book that I cannot wait to come. I haven't picked up his his second one or or failing at his most recent one, Cliff Nesteroff's. Um, we yeah. had a, we had a slight real the estate comedians? problem. Yes, I got that one, and that one's phenomenal. 
that, fantastic. That's a Bible. Like that is a Bible for stand-up comedy if you ever need to know it. But his second book I haven't I haven't picked up yet and it's it was on my Christmas list. Didn't get it. Uh it's called We Had a Slight Real Estate Problem and it follows North American indigenous comics, First Nations. Oh and, wow. And, and uh, Oh wow, wow, wow. And indigenous. And Will, and where and how was how, was that a whole circuit? What was the what was the native indigenous even, American circuit? Like? I don't even know. I think what it might be. And, and again, I I have not read the book at all. So like half of it for me is going to be pointing out people that we didn't realize were indigenous. Because apparently, oh, right. like the big reveal in this one is Will Rogers. It was that was news to me. It was it, that that he was an, an indigenous uh, or of indigenous heritage. Wow. Um, so I think he became sort of like the thin, uh, thin part of the wedge that was able to, to kind of bring a little more, uh, of this to light. But, but his next book. When did, sorry, go ahead. Oh, when did Will Rogers die? Oh. It was in the seventies. Will Rogers. Let's see. Uh, Will, I wish there was some sort of instantaneous information God, database wish, we could tap into. To... Oh dear. When did you say? Seventies. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so you're you're guessing 1970 what? 71, two? 72? 71, 72? Okay, so you were alive for it? That's what you said. Will you're Rogers' death? Yeah. I would think, yeah, okay. if, it was, if it was then. Sure, okay. Darcy, what's your guess? He's got 69. like 69 up top. There we go. <laughs> um, well, 1935. He died? August. Oh my 1935. God. 1935. He seemed like he would have uh, uh, made it to uh, uh, the seventies. I feel right. like I I would have seen him on TV, but mm-hmm. I'm, that's my brain doing a the the Berenstain Bears effect. Yes, and he was he was, <laughs> he, was, he was he was born of the Cherokee Nation. Oh, cool! Yes, did he know Cher? She wow. was probably his know. babysitter. Don't. Let's see. She's old. Let me see. Am I right? Will Rogers? Which camera am I looking at? Cher. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay, yeah, Darcy. Yeah. How, how old was he when he died? Uh, he was. Oh, I just looked up Will Rogers Cher. There's nothing there. Um, he I swear was, I saw him in an episode of Hee Haw. No, I, am, uh, am in, I thinking of of uh, uh, Al Cap? Maybe. Or am I thinking of uh, 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 Woody Guthrie? Oh, maybe. And maybe. Maybe I was just thinking of the wrong sepia tone guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was 56 when he died. So he was born in the 1800s. 55, 55. Yeah, uh-huh. he, was, he was born That's in a, 1879. Did he die? If, was there some sort of like plane accident with him? Or am I thinking, of, again, thinking of something? Uh, place of burial is the Will Rogers Memorial Museum. Thank God. What are the odds? Jesus. That's convenient. That was, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Legacy, aviation and death. There you go. Aviation and death. That's the heading. There so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's never good. Aviation uh, and death. Oh, weirdly, um, died choking on a sandwich. Never saw that coming. No, he um, <laughs> um, on a flight, airplane, on a fl- airplane, on a flying an airplane. Down. He was. <laughs> Experts have studied the factors of the accident and still disagree about it. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah, there's so some, we'll some sort of plane thing involved. Right. <laughs> They're d- digging through the bits of Amelia Earhart to get to Will Rogers and get to the bottom of him. You know, I was doing a, uh, we did the Velvet Hammer burlesque show at the Hard Rock Hotel in Vegas for mm-hmm. a residency one summer. And on the way okay. out to where the stage was, you know how they would have paraphernalia around all the 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 hotels and stuff like rock and roll stuff. Mm-hmm. As you're walking out a hallway, just some random gold record or whatever. 
right as you're going outside, there's uh, uh, the tail fin of a, the plane that Otis Redding died in. Right. I'm like, why is <laughs> why would you want that in your hotel? The bad right vibes. It was impossibly bad vibes coming off of the plane Otis Redding died in. Uh huh. What are the other paraphernalia that you could have for death? You know, like, like is this is the uh, this is the uh, colon blockage that took out Elvis. Uh, here's a Jim Morrison's bathtub. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Here's those are the things I want to see. I was I was in a, a hard rock at one point and I was just like, I know it's it's I know it's themed. I know it's dumb. I know everything about it. But you sit me under a table with one of David Burns guitars and I am just going to be eating like this the entire yeah. meal. Oh, yeah. 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 It was yeah, I love it. Yeah, I used to go to the one in New York, the original one in New York. Not like it was special. It's just like the original Cheesecake Factory. Wow, <laughs> this is this but is our satellite like, one. <laughs> but it had like the uh, the the choice paraphernalia in it, mm-hmm. you know, and memorabilia. So there was there were really cool paintings and artworks, and then there's hey, there's John Lennon's suit. Hey, there's a uh, here's Elvis's leather jacket. <laughs> right. You know? And and guitars, guitars, guitars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, and the food was actually pretty good. I remember. The I remember that like the, um, there's there came a time in Toronto where suddenly we just were barraged by these kind of not franchise, but like kind of like a hard rock, that sort of thing where like very limited franchise things. And it was like a hard rock came in. A rainforest cafe came in. Uh, uh, Planet Hollywood, I think was the yeah, other one. Just theme park. Restaurants. Yeah. And across the board, everyone just said the food was OK. Like there was not, like it was never a. Mm, I can't believe this Reuben. Like I, I <laughs> that's that's the show. <laughs> I can't believe this Reuben. Uh, uh, I had a, a like a I'm, and and the quality drops off as it gets more corporate. Of sure, course, but absolutely. I remember I like I had it was like this is insanely good. Mm-hmm. And I went back again with a uh, with friends a few like a year later or whatever. It was right. Okay. Yeah. Um. Just hit different, man. Yeah. <laughs> You, I love picturing you like leaving, knocking over like the Mater D station at the front. Go, you guys fucking sold out, man. <laughs> yeah, man, used to be cool. Just birds out the window. Um, we kind of we kind of stepped over something, and I kind of want to get back to it. When you were on that version of the Man Show, did you have any idea that Joe Rogan would cause the problems that he is today? No, no, yeah. not at all. I mean, I had seen I had seen Rogan in the clubs and stuff, and I'd mm-hmm. done shows with him. I don't he wouldn't remember me, I'm sure, but right. Like, uh, and he was just you know he had and he had a uh, the thing with Mencia too. His whole beef was was almost like a a, a wedge in the door with the uh, with him you know calling out Mencia for lifting stuff. Yes. So he was a he was a folk hero for a lot of comics in the beginning, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he, you know, just I didn't have a problem with him. But it's like I don't I don't like the disinformation. And he, now he's leaning into the I don't know, just leaning into bad stuff. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's the new Rush. Yes. You no, know, it's the uh, if if Rush was professional wrestling, then Joe is UFC. Right. Yeah. So it's just a it's a it's a new generation, and it's just gonna gonna be like this. I was I, I just think that like. Politics in the, uh, I guess in the nineties was, was sort of like football. Mm-hmm. It had become, it had just sort of degenerated from politics into, into sports. Like, right. I mean, from the seventies the and eighties, it s- still seemed political, but then it sort of got into this football attitude in the, in, in the 
or a sports attitude anyway in the right. 90s. And then the, the aughts and the teens, it got professional wrestling-y. And now politics is starting to get UFC-ish. Yeah. Everybody, you know, you know, uh, every man for himself kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, uh, anyway, it's just going to keep going like that. So. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the sports. Yeah. I think, I think the problem is though, is like when you think of it, like in the, in the nineties, politics wasn't that necessary. Like things just kind of like went along for the mainstream. There was obviously marginalized groups that are now getting a stronger voice now. And that's starting to, uh, like the, the quote that Dana Gould spouts all the time. And I just adore it is when you're used to privilege, uh, equality feels like oppression. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. So now we're seeing that. And some people are like, but this is my thing. And you can't have that now. You know, I I was listening to Sonic Youth, whom I love. Yeah. And uh, and it's that, you know, the the 80s, 90s kind of rock and roll nihilism and everything. And everybody's gazing at their shoes and complaining about their amps blowing up and stuff. Yes. And it was like it's like. Right around the corner is nine eleven, and just the naive yeah. sort, the the naive hatred of everything and yeah. the complaining and stuff. It's like, it's like I understood it at the time, and I get why it happened. But it's like, oh, if we had only known what mm-hmm. was right about to happen, right. all that stuff was just going to be, it's just going to be a complete restart. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know what has happened. Well, actually, I know exactly what's happened. Um, yeah, we're all watching it. Yeah, we're it's. It's, uh, I think what it, what I, what I mean is that I can't believe it's happening. And it's interesting that we're witnessing it. Like when you, yeah. like, I think back of like being in grade five and grade six going, you know, you might not make it to the end, but you'll be close. Like I might, I might be leaving just before they tell us who the murderer is. <laughs> Right, it's yeah, the hope to get way, to the end of the credits. Putting it, I do want to be here to find out who the murderer right. is. You know, yeah. like that's that's, the, that's my fear of death. I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss this yeah. big reveal. Yeah, and I just uh, like I get the feeling like maybe when I got like twenty, thirty years beyond this, right, just to find out what that thing was that did us in. Like just and, and and I get the feeling it's gonna be like one of these things like you know how they say like the the lack of bees is going to kill us because you know we need the pollination and everything like that. Yeah. Like I just wonder if it's going to be something like once the avocados went, that was the end. <laughs> it's like you know, we had you know, no- once once Crystal Geyser bought that mountain <laughs> wow, it was a weird business decision that destroyed the entire entire coast and the ripples went through the ecosystem. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, or the or the asteroid the size of Abu Dhabi. Yes, <laughs> it it all. Went I remember different. just wanting to know like who killed JFK. Like I was like, okay, once I, w- I hope I live long enough for all of that to become declassified, right? And yeah. find out, right? But it's now, a- yeah, now it's yeah, who's who? Who killed all of us? <laughs> you know, I think that. The, the and I hope is- it's not bees, not the lack of bees. Too many bees. Too many wanna, bees. Yeah. That's what I hope. <laughs> You know, every time I see a bee on the sidewalk, I remember how I never saw that when I was growing up. Right. You know, I never saw bees just on the sidewalk, sitting right. there dying, just sitting there. Okay. I thought never he was, saw that was he begging was for change? Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor bees. <laughs> poor bees. We're, we're now at Maybe the, on the way out. Yeah. We, uh. We are now at the point like when it, like we've got some like flowery bushes around the around the house, and when we see like a dozen bees on them, it's a big day for it. It's just like ah, maybe we're not fucked. Yeah. Maybe it's like 
deer in my yard. Yeah. <laughs> so excited. And then so you were, and then you remember it's hunting season. And then suddenly, you know, the glass in your front window is, uh, is gone. Uh, yeah. through the buck. Then it's duck season. Am I right? <laughs> no, wabbit season. We talked about this, Blaine. It's wabbit season. All right, Jade, check your DMs. <laughs> Um, what was, uh, here was a, a, another thing too, cause I think, uh, we, and you allude to this all the time in your, um, uh, in, in your Twitter feed, uh, quick startup mad TV again. So I can pitch something hilarious. Oh, uh, um, uh, Michael action Jackson. Sure. Um, what, what were the days of mad TV like? Because I remember watching that show going, this is fun. Like it was like, like for me, it was, a, it was a lovely, lovely, funny show. Like there were moments yeah, on was... there, like Will Sasso, uh, was always great. I, like I remember church laughing, like suppressing laughter, watching a video as my wife slept of the censored Sopranos. Oh, right. Yeah. So, oh, so that was, so you watched later ones. You didn't watch early ones and stuff. No, I watched early ones as well, but I got away from it because it was on a night where I was out and then I would catch up. Like once, once oh, okay, these things okay. started to drop onto YouTube and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. I, I was on, I was on from the pilot and, uh, and then seasons one through four. I left okay. after season four. Right. And, uh, so I was working with Will Sasso and Pat Kilbane, mm -hmm. and Alex Borstein up right. at the, at the end, I guess. And Will is, a, uh, he's a goddamn delight. He and I would go guitaring. He would come pick me up and we'd drive around to guitar shops. Sweet. Uh, he's, he's a, a wonderful person. I love Will so much. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, but he, uh, I wrote all the Kenny Rogers for him. Beautiful. So those, those are fun. I okay. think it, the one, the jackass was <clears throat> the one after I was gone. Okay. They did a whole season of more Kenny's. Mm -hmm. But it was all the whole, the original sketch was Kenny Rogers, uh, opened a barbecue restaurant and he was always wearing white. Yeah. I thought it would be funny if you would open a barbecue restaurant and just say, Kenny Rogers roast roasters. You just get saw his <laughs> yep. sauce all yep. over the fucking place. Yeah. That was the joke. Mm -hmm. And then they just, but his Kenny Rogers impression was so funny. Yeah. Just wanted, just wanted to, how about Kenny Rogers' uh, outer space? It's right. anything with Kenny Rogers in it. Uh, and then he and Pat Kilbane would do Kirk and Spock. Did you see that? No. Was, uh, where they did the, the Kirk and Spock show and it was like oh, a no. share thing. Yeah, they would be like uh, you know, Spock dressed like little Lord Fauntleroy with a lollipop. <laughs> okay, and, and yes. I remember that. Sasso would be Shatner with his big belly and he uh -huh. would lead with his belly. Was, uh, Gary Campbell wrote that. Gary Campbell was a Canadian writer, our head writer. He's mm -hmm. so funny. Uh, uh, Kids in the Hall yep. uh, uh, writer mm -hmm. and uh, worked on a bunch of stuff. He worked again. I worked with him again on Blue Collar TV after okay. Mad TV because it was produced by the same guys, Fax Bar and Adam Small. Okay. Sorry if I'm throwing names. No. By all uh, uh, but Mad was always fun. It was, mm. it was, it was, it, it was hard at first. And, uh, Patton and I were, were writing. We were the first guys hired. Mm hmm. And we would, we were still punk as fuck. So we would kind of try to not, we don't want to do what you want to do, man. You know, this is, this is funny. Not that thing that you like. Well, this is funny, man. So, but, uh, uh we kind of, we snapped out of it pretty quick. Right. And, and, uh, uh, writers kind of came in and went, but we stayed. Patton left after two years because he was pursuing some sort of, uh, uh, fantastic career. Right. But yes. the, uh, but I stayed and it was fun. And, uh, I, I left to go. One of the other writers was Mike Short. It's my, Martin Short's brother. Okay. 
and we were good friends and we wrote a lot of stuff together. And he said, Hey, Marty's doing a talk show. Do you want to write on this talk show? So I left to go do the Martin Short show. Oh, okay. But that's, wow. that's why I left Mad TV. Okay. Uh, when, when you but said, also, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And sure. It was bumming me out. And the, th- the other thing about Pat and I being punk as fuck in retrospect, which is so funny is, uh, uh, Mr. Show was happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And those were all of our, I mean, we were still, you know, doing a, a lot of stand up and doing shows whenever we could. We would write all day and then leave and then go to shows. Right. And, uh, so these were our peers and our contemporaries and they were on Mr. Show, which was just like to us was like Dan Klaus versus Betty and Veronica. It right. It was two different kinds. You know, we were, we were writing just network TV stuff. I'm not complaining about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understood the assignment, but, we, uh, <laughs> but Mr. Show was fun. We would go to tapings of Mr. Show and go, we could do this so easily. It would be, look at how, look at what they're doing. It was yeah. so, it was a, a, a very a faster, more modern comedy language, I guess, than mm-hmm. Mad had. Mad was more meticulous about stuff. Right. And, you know, no, no complaints about Mad. No, but, it, but it's also a different, I think. Uh, two different shows. Two different, different shows, two different distribution systems. I mean, right, that's, right, right. that's the, like you, again, to, to your, to your point of knowing the assignment, there's a difference between even at that point, you know, um, network slash syndicated versus subscription service of HBO fucking go nuts. Like it's. Yeah. 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 No, there's not a standards and practices guy there with a squeaky pen just <laughs> crossing stuff out. Right. You can hear, hear the squeaky pen. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> the big red. <laughs> Uh, hey, here's, can I tell you, can I tell you a, a fun mad memory? I don't think people could relate to do it. Is, uh, it was all before the internet. This was all 1995. Okay. And, uh, we're just going to pause right here so kids can figure out what that would be. It's like, were there horse and buggies? Is that mad? No, I mean, it's not like, it's not like it was mostly, we were mostly Mennonites. So yes. some of us had cars. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but we drove um, them 30 kilometers an hour. That was. Yeah. Exactly. We, uh, but we were, uh, this was all before computers. There was, there was a little bit of a computer network for the writers and the, uh, and the writing department and stuff like that. But there was no internet. There was mm-hmm. no Google, any sort of search engine, none of that stuff. No YouTube. Right. Uh, uh, Patton and I would sit in our office and like listen to Miles Davis and Beck and play Doom all day waiting to get assignments because we would be there all day long. Right. So that was, it was fun. It was, like very fond memories, but uh, whenever we had to do research, we would have to go to like I pitched a sketch, uh, Sequest DMV, and it's the submarine, <laughs> the episode of Sequest DSV where they have to get the submarine registered, and it's a big hassle, and it's that was the sketch, right? So I had to watch an episode of DSV, mm-hmm. so I had to go down to the research department, and I would fill out a form. Mm-hmm describing what show I wanted, if there were any episodes that I, specific things or whatever, they would have to go to a library across town in Hollywood or up the street in Hollywood. And they would get, uh, uh, go into a library and get episodes that I requested, get them bur- put onto a VHS, right? brought back to the thing. And then I would have to watch them and check them in and check them back out. Right. And to watch an episode of fucking Sequest. Yes. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, but it was like you couldn't just go because now if I wanted to do a sequest joke, I Google, 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 mm-hmm. Google, exactly. Oh, hey, hey, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I would have a million more jokes at my fingertips. But it was like it was a three day process to just find out. And you know what I found out that 
the episode I saw was directed by Anson Williams. And I didn't know that Anson Williams, he was Potsy on Happy Days. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, how, do, how did I not know this guy is directing TV shows? And then it's like that because that could have opened up a whole different line of sketches. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. uh, uh, so thank God for technology. Jesus. Anyway, I work for the technology company. Now. Attaboy. Yeah. Is AT&T? Is that? Uh, yeah, we yeah. call it the AT-AT. The AT-AT. Because <laughs> we're nerds. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, former guest of the show, friend of mine uh, is a uh, hip hop artist. But it goes by the name of Word Burglar. Word Burglar. And he does all kinds of um, nerd based hip hop. Word based hip hop. Uh, and so uh, I think you would really enjoy his song, Where's My Ad At At? Where's My Ad At At? Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, I, had a, I had a joke. I hate to be this guy. I had a joke on At Midnight. Yes. That I'm still proud of. Let's hear it. Where I had Chris Hardwick, uh, uh, where a, this guy who was a judge did something. And uh, his line was, uh, Hey, who am I to judge a judge? A judge? <laughs> still, I'm still, pr- still proud of that one. Speaking proud of, of speaking of at midnight, that was like one of my favorite shows, even when I wasn't watching it. And it was the ah. best. It was the best hook on the planet because we would finish doing open mics and stuff like that, and be hanging out, and then suddenly we everyone would go, "What time is it?" And then you like hop onto Twitter, like, what is it today? What is it today? <laughs> and then we just like hammer it in. And I got points twice, I think. Oh, okay. I was, I was pretty happy okay. with that. Don't ask me what it was, but I remember like, I was like, I just walked around with a boner the uh, entire next day. <laughs> just. Uh, it was, it was, we would have to come up with so many hashtags. Mm-hmm. I don't, I couldn't imagine the show still being on now it would we would have been on uh, okay today's hashtag is uh fruit-based puppets yeah. <laughs> uh like uh, ernie and grapes yeah and, uh, add a letter ruin a block chain chop <laughs> not even a fruit i have but we would we would have to do we would pitch like a a bunch of them and if we liked a title then we would have to we would just go hey how about uh you know like uh, Broadway charts, and then we would sit around. And if 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 it was easy to do jokes, we would put it. In, we would schedule it. Right. But if it, if we could only get like two or three, and people were squinting, then you uh-huh. can't have no fuck it. Right. So it was a uh, we were able to tell kind of what would work and what would be fun because you just want to turn people loose on something. Yeah. And yeah. everybody would do the same jokes. It's like who cares? Everybody's thinking of thinking of their own joke and typing it. Nobody's right. I of course everybody's going to do dork side of the moon. Yeah. I I used to I, I, to your point like I, I would go oh I wonder if that's taken and now I'm just like fuck it this is my vessel this is where I live in yeah you know if eighty five people came it. up hey with that's it. hey that's funny I did it too yeah <laughs> <laughs> so there's the real sometimes there really is only so many so many uh, uh you know like uh, 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 Canadian Shakespeare jokes yes you know uh, uh, much ado about nothing yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's how many of those are you going to yes. come up with? Two gentlemen of Vancouver. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Merchant of Hull. Ah, I was like know, to drop Hull in there. Hull's you, gone, right? It is. It is. It's Gatineau now. And Gatineau. And, and I've moved here, and no one can tell me when Hull stopped being Hull because when I when I started, like my parents kind of grew up in this area, so I was always familiar with the. They were, it was called the Ottawa Hull region, right? Ottawa yeah. slash. Hall. And 
So then I, when I did my first stint of like co-ops in university, I was in Ottawa. I was like, oh, we're going to go to bars are still open. Hull. We would go across the bridge to Hull. And now I, I went, I was in Ottawa, my first night in Canada. I went to Hull. Oh, God. Yeah. How was it? I got, <laughs> I got, I got uh, uh, dipped in the lake early. Sure you did. Um, that was a lot of fun. I was listening to a bootleg Frank Black album. Mm -hmm. and we went to a pool hall in somebody's basement and I was drinking those Canadian beers that have like a million percent alcohol in them. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, do was, that. I had a good night. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember. Take a look at that clip. Yep. <laughs> Darcy, do you have the. Okay. Nope. All oh, yeah, right. right. Still just a, a wall in my office. Got it. Um, <laughs> I went there. I learned a very valuable life lesson uh, in Hull one night. There was a bunch of us. We got done doing a comedy show in in Ottawa, and we're like, "Let's go to Hull." So we did, and immediately one of our guys um, uh, got ran into someone, right? Which, as you know, never do unless you want fists to fly. So uh, poor Luigi, Luigi Saracino was the was the uh, guy in question. Might have been Italian. Always forgot to ask. And green, green coveralls, yeah, hat. <laughs> plumber, in a haunted mansion. Yeah. Um, side note, um, I found out my uh, my Duolingo application is slightly racist because it made me uh, say the phrase in Italian uh, "Mario e Luigi sono idraulici," which means Mario and Luigi are plumbers. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that was nice. Wow. Yeah. That's, so that's an Uno lingo. Yeah. So we go in. Uh, so, so Luigi, a bunch of us in this bar, dance club, things are moving. Th th this was when, um, you didn't know what the French word was for cocaine, but it was there. And, um, so there's all these guys that are tripping and buzzing and stuff like that. And dude runs into this guy. And so he turns around and immediately starts to front like this. And so we're like, Oh shit, our buddy. And we start going, and the the middle act of that weekend, I can't remember who it was, grabbed me and grabbed my hand and went, turn your school ring inside, because otherwise you'll hit it and it'll break your knuckle. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> and, it, and it was just... A oh, good tip. Yeah, it was in that moment that I went, the fuck am I doing? I'm not going to fight. <laughs> what the hell? It's like... Yeah. That was the equivalent of making out and your mom walks into the room and go, well, this is over. I can't. I'm not. Yeah. The mood is done. Lights are up on this scene. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you went to Hull, of all places. Yeah, I had a, I had a wonderful... I, I thought Ottawa was... I was stunned at how beautiful Ottawa was. I yeah. went up there for a... a for a week with Jeremy Hotz. Yes. Quite quite an introduction. That's his hometown. So he yeah, would have shown you insane. all the places. But the the canals, the the government buildings are just stunning. Mhm. Mm we took a And the money's different colors. Oh, it very much is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is a complaint I have of your currency. Because I it's don't all like the same. I'm not going I'm not going to defend uh uh <laughs> American currency because I'm I'm all over on Bitcoin now, man. Yeah, attaboy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm yep. kidding. Never, never, yeah. never. <laughs> but uh, uh, I mean, it's like if you go to Europe or whatever, you pull out a wad of money and you can mm. look and see the colors, know how exactly. much money you have. You don't exactly. have to stand there. Oh no, I'm counting money in front of everyone. Yep. See how many fives and tens I have. <laughs> see in the it's U.S., like you, can, you, yeah, you can accidentally uh, flip someone a hundred dollar bill when you think it's a, a five. And then suddenly they're following you around with a brush and uh, with a lint brush and like carrying your bags for you. So I'm so thank you, sir. Thank you. So, oh, did I fuck up? How do Don't, I get that back? Do I? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> um, 
one thing that that has happened since you were last here, and I wanted to talk to you about this because the process around this, I would just love to know. Um, it's it starts thusly, and forgive me for for doing this to you. Okay, okay, okay. I'll list Rolling Stone's 500 worst albums now. <laughs> uh, How? Like, at what point did you go? Did you start with the list and go, I could come up with 500? Or did you just fully commit to, I'm going to do 500 now? Uh, I remember I saw Rolling Stone came out with a 500 greatest albums list. Right. And uh, I just said, I should do Rolling Stone's 500 worst albums. Right. Hey, restart Mad TV so I can pitch. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I kind of thought about it for, for a little bit. And then I uh, I think it was in September because it was, it was right around Moon Tower yes. in Austin. Yes. Uh, I remember uh, I got there and I was thinking about it. And then I sat down and I did like 100 of them just to see if I could do it. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So I, so I I figured and I took it. I got back and I thought about it for a little bit and then uh, just made some notes every now and then. Right. And then pounded it out in like a couple of days and then took a day to day to put it in order and mm-hmm. then broadcast it. It's, it was fun. it was a lot of fun. It was it kept me from being on fucking Twitter all day. Weirdly, yes, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah. and it was and I had to I had to do all sorts of different twists and turns. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, it was like it turns into conversations and it goes down a little. Little side eddies yeah. and stuff. It was a lot, a lot of fun to write, and and uh, uh, I laughed when I would solve puzzles that I had uh-huh. caused myself. Yeah, it was fun. I had a blast. I loved. I'm glad you liked it. Thank you. For, I for well, first of all, I loved the entire thing. I loved the twist of the B story in Act Three, um, where your wife becomes more and more involved. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She would just. Come in at like in an opportune times, like Schneider. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, oh, and then I was like, when we were at the Matthew McConaughey concert, uh-huh. was, was he in Shen Yan? I forget what he was doing. It was right. Matthew McConaughey and uh, 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 all wrong, all wrong, all wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's probably not going to be the clip that. Yeah, it was. That was fun. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and and uh, once I figured out, once I figured out like a structure for the jokes, mm-hmm. it was easy. I could like just sort of fit them in quicker. Cause I was like, Oh, I can write a whole little scene here and right. do it like this. Yes. It was, it was, yeah, it was just so much fun. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, my story in, in the consumption of this, uh, and I'll have a link to this thread in the show notes. So if you wonder what the hell we're talking about, I will send it to you. It is the most wonderful read. Um, I, I came across it at night and started scrolling through it and the bed was shaking so much. <laughs> From <laughs> me suppressing laughter at it. I was like, if I continue with this, my wife will wake up and send me to another room. So I, <laughs> I literally mailed myself the link for the next day Okay, to do it. Because um, the first one that got me was the second one in, Young Sheldon by Radiohead. Yeah. Fantastic. Um uh, rounding out that page, Songs to Fuck To by Leonard Cohen, as Leonard you can expect, which I believe is the same album Hallelujah's on. And, um, but the, it, I, I knew, I, I knew I had to send it to myself as soon as I got to. Now that's what I call recording my neighbors having sex. 12 various artists. Yeah. yeah. Various artists. I yeah. was like, nope, 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 nope. I can't. I can't. It is. <laughs> Darcy, I don't know if you've read it, but just the line read, the poor line read of two of them should give you enough. Yeah. <laughs> 
the the uh now that's what i call recording my neighbors having sex was a good runner yes because it was like mix the numbers up uh-huh and then i could have them like, tied and mm-hmm. they're all completely random it was just uh i had a blast the- i liked i liked the runners and i was like and i tried to as i got towards the end i was like oh i have to close up all these stories that i have yeah. all these open tabs <laughs> The, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. You should have. And it's like, I, I love organic comedy stories like that, where it's just like, hey, I wonder if I could do this. It's like, oh, shit, I can do this. And then you do. And and um, uh, and it was just the the attention to detail of everything that you had, like when like when the wife kind of came in in the guise of of uh, of, of album titles. Um, but just the the attention to detail. Of that's what I, that's what I call recording. My neighbors having sex. Twelve various artists like various artists. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a couple of, I wrote it on a, on pages mm-hmm. and when I did some cutting and cause I had things the way I was cutting and pasting it so that I was, so that it was on the thread. Right. Uh, a couple of the numbers got messed up right? It, and, uh, it drives me crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all I see. Yeah. Big Virgo problem. Uh huh. That was, uh, remember when, um, Gary Goleman did his tip a day for a year. I loved it. Yeah, it was I the best. It. My it favorite- made me a better comic. I'm serious. No, I, Cause I would because it would make you think because you would read the tip and go, oh, yeah. And you think to yourself what you do or what you would do or mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then, hey, I'm going to start applying these things yeah. to myself for a change. Yeah, it's really good. It was it, it was a, a wonderful thing to do. And I know he got like a lot of flack from like. You know, the typical people go, what the fuck are you doing that? You're not going to do that. You're going to do that for a year. It's like, well, get he's bent. doing something. Yeah, get bent. It's like, it was, it was insightful. Now, admittedly, some of them, I will admit, were like, go for a walk. It's like, okay, yeah. fine. I, I get, yeah, we, we've all been in the pitch room at midnight. We all <laughs> have been like, uh, what am I going to do? Don't need to pat it. Right. Um, but my favorite thing is like when he screwed up his numbering a couple of times, like, oh, 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 I know just what I did wrong. The powder first, and then the wadding, then the, yeah. 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 Uh, I did a follow up, uh, thread, uh, 50 ways to leave your lover. That's right. Yes. And, uh, uh I made sure that the numbers were right on that one. Uh. <laughs> I was very, very, very specific about it. But if you didn't read the, the 50 ways to leave your lover, it's 50 ways to leave your lover. And then, uh, I'm kidding. Here's the real 50 ways to leave your lover. Right. And then, whoops, wrong list. And then 50 more ways to leave your lover. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, just, yeah. and again, it was like, I could have done 500, but then I was like, do I want to be the 500 guy? Cause uh-huh. then I have to do 500 oh, jokes shit. every time. Right. And that's, yeah, it gets old. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it reminded me, that one reminded me of that, um, that collection of jokes that Patton did. Where he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I, d- I did this. I've deleted the tweet. I had no idea that. And then there was the joke. Oh, and oh, right, then, right, right. And he did like 18 of them. It's like, I don't know what kind of a day I'm having. I deleted the tweet. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I love it when you find the, the thing I like about Twitter is when you find some dumb joke format and you can just go, oh, I'm going to do 12 of these. Yeah. But that's that, so fun and stupid. But that was that was the joy of At Midnight. That was the joy where like, here's the format, go. And it yeah. made you think. It was like, it, like for me, it was as challenging as Wordle was back then. Like where you just sure. sit there and you, and you, and you break down the idea and you're like, like I would be sitting at a bar at, 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 at night going, Oh shit. And I literally have friends of mine at the time going, Oh, Todd's on mute. Yeah. <laughs> like cat, cat horror movies. All cat. right. Okay. Right. All night long. Okay. Coming up with cat horror, cat movies. horror movies. 
Need to stop. Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> there you go. There. Points. That was never a points. That was never a points. Um, Lit follows. <laughs> I could play this all day. That's yeah. that was like a driving game. You know, mm-hmm. it was basically like one of those things where you you you'd, you'd pitch it to the other guy and go, "Okay, this is what we'll do." Uh, I remember when back in the Mad TV days, sometimes the writers and I would go out to Vegas for weekends mm-hmm. just to have fun. Sometimes, right. And uh, one of them, we were driving out, and it was four of us, and we were just doing a. Uh, we had gone to a bad truck stop, so it was like trucker hats, mm-hmm. like bad trucker hats. Right. They all had like sayings on them. Mm-hmm. That bad passed a few miles. Funny trucker hats. Yes. Then my friend Mark Voice and I were coming back from a gig in Boston, going to back to Baltimore, which is not a long drive at all. And uh, we uh, occupied our time by coming up with, uh, you know, uh, if. Uh, if Soupy Sales uh, had diarrhea, he'd be Poopy Sales. Oh, uh, hey, you know, if uh, if Soupy Sales had a bad cough, he'd be Croopy Sales. Oh, so it was like that kind of thing for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> that was before the internet again. It happened. There was a before the internet. Look it up. Uh-huh. You know, if Soupy Sales was a really bad romantic plot point in Seinfeld, he would have been Schmoopy Sales. Schmoopy Sales. There you go. That's bringing it into the... A century that it wasn't in before. Yep. <laughs> you know, I just but, uh, I just basically created a uh, a, a T Rex from a from an amber and. Uh, <laughs> if he was a sail on fart cushions, he'd be whoopy sails. <laughs> if he was on the view, he'd be whoopy sails. Yeah. There's 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 two two setups for that one. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a. <laughs> if he was a mispronounced uh, thing on your head, he'd be toopy sails. Yeah. <laughs> The whoopee one, that's a that's a David Tell joke where it's like the same setup and then except he's going uh, reverse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, every time somebody says David Tell, uh, 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 <laughs> the David Tell noise. He's a he's such a cr- club crusher, that guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. The club crusher. The thing that always impressed me about him and like everyone um I can't remember uh, who who was someone someone posed the question of like, who do you think stand up wise was a was a better writer? And the th- the three examples that they gave were um, Gary Goleman, Seinfeld, or David Tell. It's like, who mm. do you think comedically was the better writer? And Gary Goleman planted on his own. Like, he's just – like, there's just so much – like, he weaves so much into the performance of his word. This was, this was, this was my argument for it. He, he just did so much in terms of writing to his performance that was great. Seinfeld was just such an economy of word. You could read it as a book and it's equally as funny. You could give those to anyone and that it just speaks to how airtight those jokes are that you could just read them. They'd be funny. But I went with David Tell because, and it was because of his show Insomnia, because you'd see him before they got into the, now we're going to follow this uh, food delivery truck for, you know, until 5 a.m. He would be in three different clubs doing sets, and they would show the same setup in three different clubs with three different punchlines that equally killed in every club. And I went, that degree of flexibility for me makes him stand-up-wise just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he Seinfeld wrote for the – wrote material for the audience and Attell wrote material for him and Mm -hmm. they both had the same kind of effect you know right it's like you've got to make your own lightsaber Mm -hmm. you're gonna be a jedi know what i'm talking about come on uh but the uh uh i think i saw him just 
he's able to think on his feet. He's such, he's so good in a room. Like, yeah. uh, he's got whiskers. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, I saw him in the cellar once and he's on stage. He's doing his thing. And this guy comes down to use the bathroom. He had to walk down the stairs and through the room to the bathroom. Right. But the guy is like six and a half feet tall. And he's wearing one of those Australian dust coats. Okay. And a hat and like the midnight oil guy. Just okay. This huge dude. <laughs> And he just comes in and uh, everybody stop the room silent. Dave stops talking. Everybody looks at him. Hey, hey, hi. The guy walks back to the bathroom and Dave talks a little bit. And then the guy comes back out of the bathroom, gets real quiet. Guy leaves, goes up the steps and crowds just like waiting. Dave goes, uh, did everybody see him? (laughs) Okay, good. It's just all he needed. But did, <laughs> did everybody see him? Like he, like he was, wasn't sure if he had saw that guy. Right. <laughs> he, was, he was so fucking, he's so fucking funny. I saw him. I, this is the David Tell Praise Hour. I was in a, uh, the Montreal Comedy Festival back mm-hmm. in the 20th century. Right. We were at the Comedy Works and, uh, the place is packed. It's two in the morning. Uh, it's like there's kind of the end of the show. Nick DiPaolo goes up. Mm hmm. Uh, Nick DiPaolo destroys the place. Yes. Uh, this is again, a different time, <laughs> uh, uh, but he goes up and destroys the place. And then it's like, uh, Attell's like, I don't know why I'm, I don't know what going up. I don't know why I'm going up. And he went up and just, he, I c- couldn't believe how hard he crushed. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, he was so fucking funny. Right. And, and everybody forgot about the entire show before him. Yeah. Just couldn't. Just what a great show. Great club comedy. The, that room, the old comedy works was the most crush a bull room because of the way it was set up. Like every, like you were in, you were packed and it felt like you're in a basement, even though yes, brick wall, it felt like you were in a basement, but you're on the third floor. It was, yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So like a a good, a good weird space kind of vibe in mm -hmm. there. Not, not a corporate space. Did you ever do the nest? I don't know. Did I? You could, you, you probably could now. You've got like enough credits to, to, to do that. And the the difference I, I always found between the nest and the works. My, oh, by the way, my wife is Canadian. So I have 10% Canadian content. Okay. Beautiful. Awesome. Um, could you please speak in Celsius only? Um, (laughs) the, uh, degree in that. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I always found like, because the, the, the ceilings were so high in, in the nest and it was like a wider room, it was more performative like this. Like you had to go out like that. Whereas the works, because it was so dense, it was like, and the crowd's yeah. right there. You can like, you, you, it's way more intimate. Like you're just huge hey, difference. Yeah. Huge difference. Like, uh, uh, there was a Matt's British pub, which was the original yep. comedy club in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Uh, it was in a basement and this is back in the eighties, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, it was the kind of place where I remember the pipes were right above your head Yep. and, uh, you would hear the water going through the pipes and I would take the mic and put it up against the pipes. It's <laughs> <laughs> your plumbing and water coming down from the restaurant upstairs. And then they, and then they moved across the street to the Richmond comedy club. Okay. And this, and that place became Matt's British pub, right? A different club, whatever. They still Mm -hmm. did comedy there, but the new, the new Richmond comedy club was like a bigger space, like more of a modern space. Right. 
and it had a completely different feel to it, like carpeting, mm-hmm. and it felt like you were, you know, going up in a, a conference room kind of a thing. Right. I mean, so comedy club feel, like a cool, yeah. mur- funny mur- mural and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I worked with Paula Poundstone there. I did a week with her, and she did a an hour. Her last show was an hour and a half on the mural. It was insane, insanely good. Jeez. She's so funny. She's but uh, uh, oh, but uh, uh, speaking to high ceilings. Mm-hmm. I did a VH1 taping in the 90s on Buster's Happy Hour. Okay. That's what it was. Uh, Buster Poindexter when his hair was oh, super, shit. High, yeah, yeah. super high. And uh, uh, I remember I was, all, I was all doped up because I had uh, uh, stabbed my hand with a bagel knife, cutting a bagel. And uh, uh, I, my hand was like all stitched up and I couldn't move it. And uh-huh. I was on these weird painkillers. It was great. <laughs> but, but they did the tape. They did the taping of the show in this space. And it was like really cool set up. They had tables. It was like a nightclub or whatever. Mm-hmm. Buster's happy hour. But th- it was a uh, this in the ceiling, just like a aircraft hangar type ceiling. So everything you said, anything you did, any energy you had just went straight up. Right. Uh like even even in a club like you were talking about, like the Nest, uh-huh. I guess, right? That has the yep. high ceilings. Yeah. Even then, you can see the ceilings. Sure. But this place was just like they just they flew away. It was like a flock of pigeons. Any right. laughs that that well for me anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was uh, it was definitely not like a, a a standard comedy club vibe. It was a weird space that you had to adjust to, and I'm sure a, a tell could have adjusted to it. Yeah. Um. So the the Nest now is. It's um, probably back when when you were there. I don't know where the nest would have been. Like it went through several iterations. One, it was like in a banquet hall with like portable speakers and just rows of chairs that people were sure. kind of at and stuff like that. But now it's it's definitely in a much more permanent area, and so they've got a, a an established. They've changed the configuration a couple of, a couple of ways, but now it's it's very much kind of like a it's a wide room. So like you don't have that much depth this way, but you have like people mm-hmm. over here and people over a lot of people uh, kind of in this side of the room. And it's got a, a great vibe to it. Like I love working there. David Acker. I don't know if you've ever run into him. Uh, magician comedian runs. He owns that club. Okay. He is one of my favorite people to watch. Like he's uh, he just does so many dumb, stupid magic tricks and so oh, much. Uh, I love dumb Matt. I love dumb Matt. It's, it's, they're just so like, like he will pull out like the, and you know, you're slicing open the lime and then there's the card that you signed. Like he'll, he's able to do that stuff, but nine times out of 10, it's all just like baloney. Um, <laughs> my favorite thing he ever did was, um, he's, he was doing some crowd work and just said, where, where are you from, sir? And, uh, he went, uh, 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 Georgia. He went, I'm sorry. And the guy went, Georgia. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. And so <laughs> then he goes through and he hides. He's like, yeah, he high fives everyone on the front row, <laughs> then goes through the room, high fiving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this, like does an entire lap of the room, comes back and goes, <sighs> What part of Georgia? And it's like gorgeous. Like, <laughs> I, I fall off the chair. Like it's just, it's a gorgeous That's piece great. of business. So That's he, own, he owns that club and he knows I have this complaint about the, the club all the time, which is like, it's like, it's like, uh, David, I see you got the new configuration. He goes, yeah, yeah, it's good. So you got the drapes here so you can close it off. So it's a little more, uh, muted and baffled. It's like, yeah. It goes, and everyone's up there nice and close. And he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, it is. We're just looking at the room. And I go, you know, David. And he just turns to me and go, I am not dropping the ceiling. Like, okay, okay. I thought I'd ask. <laughs> I thought, I'd say, you ask every goddamn time. I can't do it. I won't do it. Shut up. 
and paper mache stalactites. Right. <laughs> Make it funny. Just sound baffles. That's it. Are you? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Are you doing? Um, are you back at doing stand up, or did you ever stop it? Because like, like when you're doing the amount of writing that you're doing, the amount of uh, like Lucha Vaboom, obviously, is that, is that going still going on post pandemic? Uh, uh, I think so. Yes. Okay. Um, are you, are you performing? Like what are, what are you up to these days? Yeah, I'm doing stand up when I can. Mm-hmm. I just did, what did I do? Uh, the last stand up I did, well, I was just doing, uh, judging a game show at the improv. Okay. Uh, Christine Blackburn story smash. Check it out. Always okay. fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, I did, I opened for Todd Barry a little while oh, yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. I just, I do shows from time to time. Whenever I can get out, I have a kid and right. my wife works, so yes. I'm, you know, you're into BDSM. Right? Is that what I'm getting from that? Is that yeah, complete? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my Dave Anthony. Yeah, my wife and I are into SM. spaghetti and meatballs. Want <laughs> a buca de beppo? <laughs> um. So what? What? What is it like in LA now? Like, like performing? Like, is it, are the capacity? Because the reason I ask is that we're now. Oh, you still mean like, in, like, is the the crowds and COVID and mm-hmm. stuff? Because like we're shut down here in Ontario again, so okay. we can't do anything. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to do shows. I've mm-hmm. the shows that I've done. Uh, like at the Improv, it's proof of vaccination, people wearing masks in the crowd. Right. I, t- I take my mask off for the show, and I put it on when I leave. Mm-hmm. The same thing at Flappers, I think. I did some shows at Flappers. Right. Uh, uh, but it's, it's, I think the clubs are kind of safe. I, I think people are getting, getting too relaxed about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, uh, I mean, I'm vaxxed and boosted and all that stuff. I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna walk around with an I voted sticker or anything about right. it. <laughs> but it, it's, it's like, I don't want to, I think crowds are, the crowds want to be there. I think, there's always that weird undercurrent of people thinking about it. Like mm-hmm. you can see people just, I'm having a good time, having a good time. Oh, five days, I, five days. If I get my throat's going to hurt. And it's, oh, that was kind of funny. Was, oh, geez. I hope I don't get COVID. Yeah. So you just yeah, see yeah, people yeah. going in and out of it. And should I be here? Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's, it's very odd. So like a, everybody has a, a bit of PTSD mm-hmm. going on. I, uh, I, so we are, um, we have a friend who's uh, currently staying with us right now. Just came in last night. You okay? What happened there? Yeah, sorry, it's a truck out. I'm surprised it's been this quiet. I'm behind a construction zone. <laughs> okay, um, so I heard something horrible. It was an ad at. Um, <laughs> ad at ad. Yeah, we had uh, we got a, a friend of ours. There, uh, he and his wife. They're moving from London to Dallas. So I, uh, uh, sorry. Yeah. what part of dallas no um (laughs) he uh and and i i I love this couple they're absolutely great because he's originally from paris france and she's originally from calgary alberta it's a sitcom and so for the past few years they were living in in london london england and now they're going to Dallas. So he's got to kind of go do the groundwork of like finding an apartment and, you know, getting himself set up for work and that sort of thing down there. And then she's going to be following. So to keep him because he's working on it with a company that's now Dallas hours, he's staying with us for a couple of weeks so that he doesn't have to start work at 11 p.m. and go until like wherever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So 
Smart. Uh, yeah. So as soon as he got here yesterday, he was like on a transatlantic flight. And my wife and I are just looking at it going, so we're totally getting this now, right? Like, that's exactly <laughs> what's going to we're, we're totally Omicron. That's what we're going to be doing. Because every day, every day I go grocery shopping. I go, is this it? Is this the day? Yep. Yeah. I get did I did I get it at Vons? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Did I get it at Starbucks? Right. I'm pretty quick. Yeah. My got it. Oh, that guy was in there. Uh-huh. That weird guy. I I now have this thing it's funny you mentioned 5 days. Like as soon as I do something significant in a public setting or bring someone into my house for two weeks um that's just gotten off a flight i now like set the little chess clock in my head going if i'm alive by friday i'm good so i just gotta remember i have an eight-year-old and every day he comes home i'm like does he have it he's with his kids and it's like they're getting because kids are going in and dropping out of it and Mm -hmm. uh it's i just i'm i'm sick of it but i'm not letting my guard down no stupid about it you know yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. um Uh, but yeah it's getting it's getting rough i know we're we're still doing online shows now so that my just justifiable paranoia i guess yeah yeah for sure yeah um one thing i i did want to ask we had a we had a couple of uh of 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 of, of big ones happen. And I just wanted to know if you had ever sort of run into, to either than Bob Saget and Louis Anderson most recently. Um, had you ever had any sort of like, uh, uh, experiences with them at all? Certainly I, I like, I've never been able to see Bob Saget perform, never seen, uh, not live, obviously, uh, seen them on, on screen and stuff. Um, Louis was for me, like one of the guys that I watched when I started getting really into comedy and was taping everything. And I can't think of him and not think of his line. The court is worth a quarter. Like it's just, it was just <laughs> like one of these dumb punchlines of his and it just stuck with me forever. And he kind of came out of that, that wave. There was a, a comedy boom in the eighties and then. The boom kind of peaked, and then out of that peak came a bunch of these really good comics, like that broke out really strong, mm-hmm. like uh, like Louis did, mm-hmm. like uh, like Drew Carey did, like Roseanne did, like those. The, they came out of the Tonight Show. Kevin Meany, they mm-hmm. just hit really, really hard and fast, and became huge. Uh, uh, it's like these dragster guys mm-hmm. and and women, of course, right? But uh. uh I did. I met Louie a few times. He did. I, I was his writer on At Midnight, and he was a oh, delight. Just a, a, he knew him, his voice completely. Mm-hmm. I would, what do you want to do for this? And he, I'm going to do something like this. And so we would work it out what, what he was going to be doing. Uh, couldn't be a, a sweeter guy. And then I also did his, the Louie Anderson Presents Comedy Showcase. Louis, I forget what it was called, but it was on HBO, I think. Okay. And I did a stand up set on that. And that was at the palace in Los Angeles back mm-hmm. again, back in the nineties. And I remember he goes, uh, your next, per- he was hosting the show. He was mm-hmm. your next performer. He gives him my credits. Please welcome blank. Have gap is that a gap. <laughs> and then I start coming out music and everything. They applaud and I come out and I know in my head, I go, well, I'm just going to hit my mark. I'm going to do my set. And then he'll come out and do a pickup and get my name. Right. It's not, not a big deal. Right. So I go out and I do a couple of jokes and then Louis goes, stop, stop, come out. Sorry, sorry. And he walks out and he goes, I'm sorry. I got your name wrong. So sorry about that. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. I got his name wrong. I want to just, just get that right. I want to get your name right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I do the joke where I go, hey, if you heard anything, just laugh again. It's like you never heard it. And the crowd chuckles. And I came out again. He gets my name right. And this easy mistake. Sure. 
But uh, uh, yeah, uh, I go out again and I do a new opener joke, which right. they laugh at. And then I do the the other jokes that I had already done. Right. And they did not did not laugh. No, at of course not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and uh, <laughs> back and Bob Saget, I never saw. You know, I, I don't think I ever saw him live. Right. If I did, it was like just in passing glancing in a room. Mm-hmm. But uh Back in the days of the Gypsy Cafe, which was a club out in Westwood near UCLA, mm-hmm. uh, back when Chris Hardwick was still Peter Hardwick, his drinking self, uh, oh, we would, uh, yeah. that's what he called himself when he was drinking. And uh-huh. he would hang, he lived in the area and we would go to this place called Madison's after Gypsy Cafe. All the comics would go there and hang out. And I think Bob and Chris were very good friends. And uh, Bob would show up just to hang out. Mm-hmm. And I remember we would sit around a bar with Bob Saget and Chris Hardwick and a couple other comics. And we would just tell street jokes Mm -hmm. and just, it was just like good, good old fashioned comedy fun. Yeah. This, you know, those, those rare moments where it's like a, like a poker game, just comedians telling jokes. I remember that was a fun memory that I have of Bob. That is, Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, we weren't like, you know, we didn't go to Vegas or anything. We weren't buds. The, uh, that, that by the way is my favorite thing to do in green rooms is like when the, you know, when the, when the show is, you know, like you're in between like the, the early show and the late show or the headliners on and you've seen his act five times. So it's just you and the MC or the middle actor, whoever it is. And it's just joke, like joke, 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 joke. Hey, what's the best thing? What's the best thing about Switzerland? I don't know. What's the best thing about Switzerland, Blaine? Well, the flag is a big plus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got, uh, <laughs> we're closing on that. <laughs> We're closing on that. Um, Blaine, thank you so much for coming by again. Um, thank you for I having meant, me. I meant to ask you, uh, uh, I really just wanted to have you on because like, hey, we did before. Let's have you again because you're great. Are you doing anything that people need to know about? This is coming out like next week. Uh, have you got any shows locally uh, coming up? Or no, nothing. Up? Nothing I can think of. Uh, 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 just listen to me play Dungeons and Dragons with yes. my friends on Brian Posehn's Nerd Poker, available mm-hmm. where fine podcasts are sold. Beautiful. Uh, we've been doing that for years and years and years, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, they're all dear friends of mine. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Blaine Capatch is at Blaine Capatch on all the socials. Yes, B L A I N E C A P A T C H. Uh, thank you once again. Hang out for a bit. We'll uh, get the picture and do the intro. And blah, 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 blah. um, Darcy, where do people find you? Defiander on Twitter. What is that fired up again? Sounds like I need to go back. Sounds like there's something there worth watching. Yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, well, actually, no. You can continue with your just lurking uh account, and you can do that. Oh yeah, I'm not going to contribute anything. No, no, no. But, yeah, Darcy's. Twitter- but I had I deleted it off my phone. So yeah. Um, I thought it would turn into productive time, but I just uh, started watching guys play video games on mm-hmm. Twitch. Right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's yeah net negative there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Darcy's Twitter is his burner account. So we all right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Burner account, ladies and gents. Uh, you can follow me personally at Hey It's TVA. You can follow this very podcast at CATP Podcast. Is right, folks. Cat P. Um, if you are not part of our Patreon, you want to see, uh, what we look like as we're talking, you get exclusive, uh, access to the video. And so you can see all the things you can get that look from Blaine. 
That's perfect. Uh, go to patreon.com slash CATP podcast, three bucks a month. That's all it is. Uh, you get, uh, bonus perks as soon as we figure out what those are, but you get video. You get video <laughs> for sure. Um, ah, my write em up show just finished off, uh, this past Friday that would, uh, at the time that this records, or at the time this drops. Um, we're looking at live dates. I thought I missed another one. I was like, oh, show you right now. No, no, okay. no. It's coming ahead I haven't missed because this we're recording one, this before. Yes. In the, Wait, yes. If you hear this, you've missed it. We're in a time loop. Um, if you want to know when we're doing other shows virtually or otherwise, we might be doing some live shows in the coming months. Uh, just follow us at Write 'Em Up Show. Um, oh, you know the drill as well. Whatever you're, whatever you're using to listen to this podcast, you know the drill. Five stars, talk shit about us in the commentary. Five stars, talk shit about us in the commentary. Here we go. We're done. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Blaine, the no longer erstwhile Darcy, and myself, when you listen to Cat P, you're in for a good time. Jimmy, you are always the podcat. Lately, lately. I find I rush Can't piece together the sun and the sky Or the spots on my face